The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. congregation it's your girl Lacey mosley aka scam goddess and we're back with another installment of scam goddess the podcast all about robbery fraud and those who practice it each week i bring on some of my favorite most hilarious comedians and we get into it and guys you know i'm very yes excited oh it's so good to hear from y'all y'all having a good y'all having a good week oh i hate to hear that okay good for you come on pure social yes I am very excited. Today we have an amazing stand-up comedian. He's a rising comic who's been featured on Comedy Central, HBO, Latinos, Internos franchise, and NBC's The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. Check out his new HBO Max comedy special entitled Romantic Comedy, directed by comedian and friend of the show, Ada Rodriguez. Yes, love that New York queen. Congregation, please welcome Ian Lara to the show. Hi, Ian. Hey, hey, thank you so much for having me. That was such a great introduction. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for being here. Okay, so I'm guessing from the rundown here, I didn't know, are you Afro-Latino? Yes. Where are you from? Dominican. Okay, I used to be fake Dominican. I speak Spanish so then people would be like, are you Dominican? I'd be like, si, yo soy Dominicana también, morena. Where are you from? I'm from Texas. <laughs> oh, how, why do you speak Spanish? Because I'm from Texas. Um, <laughs> oh, all right, got it. <laughs> I saw on your Instagram a very funny video of you wishing everybody like a happy day or a happy holiday or something. You're like, this is not about my new haircut. This is not about. <laughs> that was my Thanksgiving post. Yes. <laughs> I said, not the Thanksgiving thirst I was trying to reach out to the fans. <laughs> it's look, it just so happened I got a haircut that day. Oh. It just so happened. It had nothing to do with me making a real. That was a scam in itself. Not you hitting several angles. Talking about, you know, I just wanted to all the people out there and then all the poses. I was like, sir, please. <laughs> Look, pure coincidence. Pure coincidence. And I love that for you. So, Ian, we always ask on this show, what's your relationship with scams? Do you love them? Do you hate them? Have you ever been scammed? Have you ever run any scams? I know you live in New York, so I know you're scam adjacent. Yeah. Yes. I'm definitely scam adjacent. I grew up, I'm from Queens, New York, where like I grew up, especially when I was in high school, there was a whole thing of scammers who were going on who were running different type of scams. I never personally been in one and I can't remember if I've been scammed. I probably have, but I definitely grew up scam adjacent. Yes. 
But I'm pro a good scam. Right. As long as it's punching up, it's not punching down. But living in New York, I know yes. you were at least like in the cul-de-sac of scams. Like they were they were next yeah. door. I had a legal cable. That's a scam, right? Yes. It's one of my favorite scams. Okay, see, why are you playing? Okay, so you gotta tell me. <laughs> yeah, I forgot. I forgot. Sometimes you normalize it so much that you're like, this is not even a scam. This is just what everyone got. Listen, I love that. Normalize robbery. Okay. It's just something we do. Right. <laughs> okay. Like you said, just do right. it. And that's what we do. But wait, so how did you exactly. get your legal cable? Because there's a, you would have to snitch cell names, but there's a lot of different ways to do it. You can do like the jailbroken Roku. You can get somebody who comes to the house who works for the company. Like what, how did it come to be? Well, growing up, I had growing up. I mean, I've I've come from a long line of illegal cable users. So <laughs> that's your lineage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a long line. I, I was kind of grandfathered in to the illegal cable. So growing up, I remember like you when it was just cable. Like we would install cable, and then the cable guy would come to install it, and then my mom or my sister would like treat him super nice, like offer him coffee, mm. something to drink, just treat him very nice. And at the end, they'll be like, hey, uh, so how about you flip that switch, you know, and open up that box for us? And he used to do that. And then, then it became a thing. Now I, I got like a family member who just sells cable. Like that's like his job, <laughs> sells illegal cable. I love that he became the cable company. He was like, no, I, yeah, he's, he's like, not DirecTV, he's not Spectrum. He's like, I sell cable, I do cable. Would you like me to do it to you? That's what he, it's funny, like, because sometimes it goes out and you'll call him like he's like customer service. Like, he'll put you on hold with like music. I'm like, where you get music? It's just music he where recorded. Where you get music? Doo, 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 yeah, doo, it's just like the MTV old school 80s music playing in the background. I'm like, where you get this service from? And he'll hook it up. Like, that's his job. Yo, he elevated. I, I would say he's actually. That's what a I'm part saying. You normalize. Now. <laughs> yeah. He created a profession where there was none. And I love that for him. And he got good customer service. Because right. usually when you get the bootleg cable, that's it. You just hope it works. You pray. But if it goes out, you can't call anybody and be like, hey, I stole some cable. Can y'all? No, help? he don't have good customer service. You'll call him. He'll be doing something. He'll put you on hold and it'll be music playing, but then you'll hear like fighting in the background. I'm like, you're supposed to go to like a waiting room. It's not supposed to be like music playing and then he's fighting with his wife in the kitchen. Okay, well that to me is bootleg cable, high quality service, okay? He did put you on hold. He had to get through a dispute real quick and then he's gonna get back to you. Think about it. I was on hold with Bank of America for like 40 minutes yesterday and they still didn't fix what I needed them to fix. So at least if I heard I was on Bank yeah. of America and they were like, please hold. And in the back I heard like, Tisha, you raggedy bitch. You ain't even get these account numbers right. That's why I'm on hold right now. Like I would be like, okay, they fighting for me. <laughs> You're right. I never looked at it like that. I never looked at it like that. <laughs> but I love Although that. it's hard to it's hard to think they're fighting for you when you hear his wife complaining that he didn't come home last night, mm. right? You're like, I don't think I have anything to do with this. I think he is still fighting for you. Cause how is he gonna get provide mess. his cable service yeah. from his home office if he gets booted out of his home office? If his wife kick him out. Bro, he's like, I'm trying to I'm trying to feed the family. <laughs> yeah. He's fighting for his brick and mortar so he can continue to provide services. This is what I heard. Right. <laughs> right. She was about right. to put him out. So <laughs> then where are you gonna get your cable from? Never looked mm. at it that way, but you're absolutely correct. <laughs> But I love that for you. I love that uh, cable was passed down in your family, like a family heirloom. Everyone just doing bootleg cable. That's beautiful. That's really beautiful. Well, we're going to take a quick break for some non-scam advertisements, and we will be right back with What's Hot in Fraud. Scams! Do you have an unemployed roommate at home? You know who I'm talking about. Children! 
Yes, Whitney said they are our future. And don't you want to invest in theirs? I know you want to set your children up for success. Maybe you want to save a little coin on private tutoring because we know that inflation is high and these wages are not getting higher. Okay, which is why I love IXL Learning. IXL Learning, it's an online program for kids covering math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way. No more grading those worksheets. IXL grades everything itself. No more trying to scam your kids as you try to figure out their math equations and their homework. And you know you haven't seen a trapezoid in about 20 years, right? So let IXL help you out. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning and get IXL now. And Scam Goddess listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com goddess. Visit IXL.com goddess to get the most effective learning program out there for the best price. Finding the perfect t-shirt has always had me like Goldilocks, trying on shirts. This one's too hard. This one's too soft. And it fell apart because y'all know I got it from a cheap website. And this t-shirt from Skims is just right. From fit to quality, it is one of my, like, these are my favorite t-shirts. I have three different ones. Y'all know I love me an Onyx because I'm going to be wearing black all the time. Um, They have a cotton long sleeve jersey tee that I really like too because the material is so soft. But when I put it in the washer, she don't have a whole transformation or makeover. It's not move that bus when I take it out. She looks the way that she looked when I put her in. And we know we cannot say that for all t-shirts, okay? So you can have staple t-shirts that you can mix and match and wear up or down. Maybe we're going to a fancy night out. Maybe we're going on a date. Maybe we're lounging around the house. I love these shirts so much because I can do so many different things with them. It's like, I'm telling y'all, Skims, they doing it right over there. I got on the underwear right now. I can't give it up. I think they got me, y'all. I'm not even playing. Shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com. Now available in sizes extra, extra small to 4X. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know I sent you. After you place your order, select Scam Goddess in the survey and select my show in the drop-down menu that follows. And we are back and it's time for What's Hot and Fried, the segment where we warn our listeners about popping scams on the street. Or more often than not these days, we get a letter from you guys. It's always snitch on your friends and family at scamgoddesspod at gmail.com. Just make sure your scam is retired because we don't want to what? Yes. Fuck up your bag. Amen. And I have to say, y'all been coming in with the spiciest letters. Um, I read this and I about died. So <laughs> let's get into it. I do need something from you, Ian. If you could just give me a fake name. We don't care about gender. It could be any name uh, for this letter. Gustavo. Gustavo. Okay, I love it. Hey, Gustavo. Okay. So Gustavo says, Hi, Lacey. Hello, congregation. Okay, you addressing the congregation. You're really getting up in church and giving a testimony. Okay. okay. <laughs> so, a few years ago, I had to live in a small town while my wife went to grad school. That way she could have a closer commute. We had to find ourselves a cheap apartment since we would be living on one income. When we found the apartment, we had downstairs neighbors who were always nice to us. So, I mean, like like your mom, like the neighbors are really nice. Maybe offer some coffee. Sure. Pop a cable box or two. <laughs> Sure, 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 sure. Love that. Got it. Also, I love the the grift of a one-income household. Like, I want to go to school and somebody else just pay while I live with them for love. I mean, that's the dream, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want love to pay my bills. Sure. <laughs> that's nice. I understand. Has love ever paid a bill for you? 
No, come on. I, I mean, the opposite. <laughs> I paid some bills in my day, but... <laughs> okay, I mean, you could be kept so I could keep you a little bit. Treat you like a treat. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, look at you patting your hair. Look at you rubbing on your hair. That you know looks uh, great. Are you bringing up bad memories? <laughs> oh, no. I, okay, we don't want to no, do that. I'm we kidding, I'm kidding, that. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> Now I want to know what the memory is. But you're stroking on them follicles that you like to show off. Like something, <laughs> something went on. I remember, I remember, look, it's a quick story. I remember when I was in college, like I was actually in school and my, my girlfriend at the time, she was like a nurse. She was like graduated nurse. She was making like good money. Like, and I was making nothing. I was making like a hundred dollars a week. And even oh, wow. then I still, that's, like when we went out, I still had to like pay the, like I still paid the bill. I still paid the thing. And I was like completely poor. And she was like making like over a hundred k, and still like that was the, the the dynamic. Okay, listen, I'm not mad at her. Me neither. Like I get it. But but I will say though, like there are times where everyone has lean times, and we don't have to lean on the patriarchy all the time. I'm just very weary of men giving my money to cis straight men because you just it's treacherous out here. Why? But what does the, what does gender have to do with it? eating? Because men are notorious for being scammers. Every man is a scam. Okay. Why? That's, some, that's some offensive. Okay, how is this whole world built and how does it work? Nah, yeah, I'm a scam. I don't want to go down that. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it doesn't mean you personally have to be a scam, but the, the concept of manhood is a scam. But I want to ask, so if you were, you know, still showing up, paying for the, you know, taking care of your girl, paying for these dinners, where were y'all eating at? We were still going out. Like, I would really, like, save up, like, to take her out. But in all fairness, we had a con. I think she just didn't know. She just didn't realize. Because we had a conversation right. about it where I was like, hey, I can't afford to do this. And then she was just like, all right, cool. And then she started paying for stuff. She just didn't, like... See that? It just didn't register to her that a man wouldn't have money. Right. Because they steal it all. So right. She's like, you get paid way more than I do on right. the dollars. So why wouldn't you have all the money? I'm like, yeah, but I'm your secretary. I don't make more than you. <laughs> but that's good communication. That, yeah, but she, she don't know cool. that because the way this world is set up, you could have been making more money. Than I, know, her. I know. She was cool. She was cool. We just had to speak about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Good communication. And like, listen, I've, I've paid, I've dated people where it was like, I had, you know, they had lean times, I had lean times or whatever. And I, we would pay, you know, for each other or whatever. I think yeah. that kind of reciprocity is dope. It's beautiful. Yeah. But I do think it's funny that you were like so determined to like continue to pay or whatever. And, and I feel like it was at the end when the check came, just like a little bead of sweat. <laughs> well, the thing that broke the camel's back is one time, we were just having a conversation and she was like paying her credit card bill. And she was like, she literally just said this like casually. She was like, oh my God, I spent $5,000 at Victoria's Secret last month. And I was like, what? <laughs> and I'm paying these dinner? Like, all right, this is it. I can't keep doing this. What kind of bombshells was she buying? What yeah, she was, yeah. But Victoria's Secret still got that seven for 25, right? She was going ham. She was balling. She was balling. I didn't know she was living this lifestyle. She was balling. But I should have known. One time I, I took her to like the Apple store to like buy some stuff and she bought like eight iPads. Okay, so you should have. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I'm not paying crying. for dinner. Who needs yeah. eight iPads? Yeah, she brought like iPads for her entire family. She was like bowling like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when we got to we gotta start talking because the math is indeed not math. <laughs> not, not mathing for sure. Oh, my goodness. But so they're they're living together, one income household. Downstairs right. neighbors are real cool. So Gustavo says, 
One day, he comes to our door and asks if I could lend him some money to send his son. Ooh. So two layers. Like, he could have just asked for money. But he's like, but it's also for a baby that I made. So get us some sympathy. Gustavo says, I gave him $20. And he told me that he would pay me back that week. Mind you, we were on a super tight budget and had no extra money. I told my wife about this. And immediately, she said that I got played. I want to pause there. Never lend more money than you cannot lose. If you need that 20, you cannot give that 20 away. I learned that. Don't do it. But that's a lesson you gotta learn. You gotta learn that. You do, because if you give up that money, every time you see that person, you're gonna be looking at them like, oh, oh, you got money for Chick-fil-A, but you ain't got my $20? Oh, you got Starbucks money, but you ain't got, like, you'll you'll hate that person. (laughs) You will fixate on them. And you'll be mad at yourself. So, wait, how did you learn that you can't lend people money? That you don't have. I mean, even like when I started first doing stuff like in stand up, like when I first started making a little bit of money, like family, you know, even family, like they'll ask to borrow money and then you lend it to them like, oh, like, yeah, sure, for sure, whatever you need. And then they just pretend that, you know, they just pretend that you never lent them nothing. (laughs) That's when everybody gets amnesia. Yeah. And then then you become like an asshole for being like, hey, how about that money that I lent you? Uh Uh-huh. And then if they gaslight you and like, what you need is so bad, why you need it so bad? Yeah. It's mine. It's my money. Yeah, I need this. It's so funny to me because we can't forget our childhood traumas. We can't forget the bad stuff that happens in our life. But let somebody lend you some money that you don't want to pay back. Amnesia. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I've been lucky. I'm not saying that I won't, but I, I really don't like to borrow money. Same. Yeah, I'll borrow money. Like, let's say I go out and I first I, I lost my wallet. I don't have a wallet. All right. I'll be mm-hmm. like, hey, lend me this. But it's not money I don't have. It's money. I'll just Venmo it you Venmo. to you. Yeah, like I, I have the money. I don't borrow money I don't have. I mean, I've been lucky. Some people have to do it, right? They don't choose to do it. But some people choose to yeah. do it. Like, they'll borrow money to go party. Which is wild because... I've had that. And that's the worst. Because I'm like, you borrow, now you in the club popping bottles on my dime? Yep. You yeah. ordered bottles of Andre with my coins? Yeah. I'll kill you. Yeah. No, that's that's the absolute worst is seeing people like living it up on money that's not theirs. Although I do pry, I am proud of them because they were like, I'm not gonna party on my money, I'm gonna party with your money. Right. But there was a time like, a when scam. I was 20, 23 or 24. I think I was 23. And I, my car had gotten told like 12 times. Those of you who have listened to this podcast know this. We're not going back into it. Don't, don't judge me. <laughs> What type of scam was you running <laughs> with the tow truck and insurance company? Bro, it was bad. I knew the exact price that it cost to get towed. 283 as long as you picked it up on the first day, $40 extra each day. I, the people at the tow place knew me. They, they wouldn't even have to pull up my file. It was bad. 12 and, times. <laughs> this is in a year? Uh, I mean, it was like probably two years. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, 12 times, so to be honest, to say that your car got 12 t- towed 12 times in an entire lifetime is insane. <laughs> if if you're in your whole life, you got towed 12 times, people would be like, what was you doing? <laughs> the fact that you did it in two years is highly impressive. I had just moved to LA. I was really figuring out parking and I was a scammer. So I was trying to cheat the system and the system really cheated your girl. Okay. And getting told when you don't have money is like a life ruiner. It's it actually super predatory because in nicer neighborhoods, they don't really have that many tow zones. And so rich people don't have to worry about like, oh, street cleaning or like, oh, I got to move it at 7 a.m. for traffic and stuff like that. So, you know, it is a scam. But the last time I got told, I was parking somewhere 
that I thought was like not a regulation red zone because some people would paint in front of their houses red so people wouldn't park there but I yeah. knew it wasn't the city so you know I'd be trying it and I got told and I really couldn't afford to and I had to ask my best friend to like give me the money to well I just told her I got told and she offered and I took the money and then I thought about it every day and every night until I paid her back <laughs> yeah I mean because you're a good person I'll say I'll, I'll I'll say this like to whoever's listening look if you ever borrowed money from somebody and you promise to pay them on a certain date and the person don't bring it up, don't that person didn't forget. Like, I know you you try to pretend like, oh, like no one forgot that they lent you money. They know when <laughs> what they lent you and they know when you're supposed to pay it back because we don't mention it. That doesn't mean we forgot. Nah, that means you a fool. <laughs> no you're just polite and you're not trying to have an awkward situation right. you trust the person you gave money to no i'm there i'm with you so his wife says that he or that gustavo just got scammed or played is her words so gustavo says i tell her that the guy is always nice and he said he would give us our money back and at the end of the week i go to his door and ask for the money okay confrontational he said to give him another week Following week, tried again, and now he's not even answering the door. This is for $20. America's down bad. I never see this guy for weeks. I'm pissed and I want that money back. So I'm leaving sticky notes on his door telling him he can drop off the money at any time. <laughs> I told the building manager the story and he just laughed at me. Because Gustavo, now you're just petty. Now you're just, now you're just mad that your wife was right, that you got played, and now you want to prove her wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that for you. I love pettiness. So he didn't go to the building manager who laughed because he's like, what am I? I've been in. I'm not in it. Yeah. He told me the guy was uh, always asked people to, for money to give to his son, but he just takes the money and buys lottery tickets. What, like you said, partying with your money. Yeah. One day I get a knock at the door and here he is with two $10 bills and then tells me that he's a man of his word. I get the money, but this isn't the end. A few, a few later, a few later, a few later, Gustavo. What is a, I'm gonna start saying that. A few laters. Yeah. How much laters, though? Are you black, Gustavo? Because this is giving black time telling. I mean, he said <laughs> the congregation. Laters. True. He did I mean, that's what the people who listen to this podcast are the con, all caps, congregation. Oh, okay. Okay? okay. We are a fake religion. I'm trying to write it off and not pay taxes. So here we are. But he said a few laters. I'm stealing that, Gustavo. A few later, I noticed that he doesn't live here anymore. Then one night, about six cops come to my door asking if he still lives here. I'm super confused about what's going on. Come to find out he had been dealing heroin and had just recently kidnapped an older lady and was on the run. That This took a turn at the end that I was like, excuse me? Yeah. He said, I couldn't believe it. But my wife immediately said, saw that one coming. Saw that one <laughs> coming. Wife, I, I... Yeah, that's... you saw a heroin kidnapping. Yeah, you saw heroin you kidnapping on a twenty dollar borrow. That's it's impressive. That's wild. Yeah, <laughs> how much are you? Is this that's a raven? You seeing it to the Yeah, I know that's a reach. Like you have visions. So Gustavo says, definitely learn my lesson, and now can't bring myself to give any money to anyone, even some family. Oh, Gustavo. Okay, don't let this heroin kidnapper sour you. But also, you too petty to let people borrow money because you are counting the seconds until it's returned. But see, that's my thing. It's like, I don't mind lending money. Like, I, if you need money, I want, like, and I have it, I want to lend it to you. But pay me back. <laughs> like, that's the issue. Like, I don't want to give you money. Just pay me back. <laughs> 
when you say you are. I don't even be putting times on it. Like, I'll just be like, when are you going to pay me back? You set the time, and I just say, okay. See, that's smart. I mean, I took this stuff further recently. If people ask to borrow money from me, I just give them the money, and then I tell them not to worry about it. Because for me, like, I don't want you stressing about it. What if it's a lot, I don't want to be thinking about it. I mean, it has been a lot sometimes. So you're just giving away money. I don't do it anymore. Oh. I had to like really sit down with my accountants and also like with my therapist and be like, why do I think I don't deserve my things that I've earned and worked really hard for? It was like a psychological thing. Yeah. And I was like, okay. So then, you know, the next time somebody asked me for money, I would be like, I remember the last time I gave someone money, I, I knew it was going to be the last time, at least for a long time. But I was like, hey, you got to start managing your finances because you you tell me all these stories about stuff popping up all the time. And it's like, I freelance for a long time. So I understand that, like, if your money's up and down, like, you have to be prepared to not get a check. You know how these corporations work? They want you to work immediately and then they want to pay you 45 days later. So it's like, you have to understand, like, you can't spend money that you don't already have. You can't go out and yeah. spend a check that you earn if it's not in the mail. Yeah. So I have those conversations and then I think it kind of makes it clear to the person like the bank is closed. <laughs> the last time I lent somebody money, like they they asked me to borrow money and then they were writing like a whole paragraph. And I was like, stop. I was like, stop right there. I was like, listen, I'll lend you the money. No problem. You need the money. I'll lend it to you. No problem. The only thing I ask is don't make me look like a dick where I have to chase you. Tell me when you right. can pay me back and just pay me back on that time. That's all I ask. I don't want to chase you. I don't want to be asking you for money because now you're bringing me up a, a problem. I don't want the problem. I'll lend you the money. No problem. You can pay me back. They said, no problem. I'll pay you back in three days. It's been almost three months and I haven't heard a thing from them. Damn. And this is like a and friend. And that's the other thing. It's like a friend. You got to stop over. At, see, that's, see, that's when you mess with the friendship. You have to stop over. I do this. If I'm late, I always give a lower estimate of what I'm going to arrive because I think that makes people feel better. But in my head, I know it's going to be later than that. Like, if you know realistically how long it's going to take you, give yourself that and a little bit of extra time so that you can actually make the deadline. Don't say it's going to be three days if you really don't know the day nor the hour. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I was like, whenever you can, when can you pay me back? Whenever you can. And he was like three days. And it's been... Three months. He should have said five business months. And he <laughs> pretends he pretends it doesn't it like he doesn't even bring it up. Like he doesn't like he's not like, hey, give me till this time. Like he pretends it didn't happen. Damn. I'm gonna text him after this. <laughs> no, you know. <laughs> you got me riled up. I'm texting him. He was like, I was scammed. on podcast and I just remembered. Yep. <laughs> it jogged my memory that you owe me money. And when is it coming? Because yeah, that's the worst. Like, especially if I see my friend like on Instagram stories or anywhere having any smiling. I'm like, how you smiling? You owe yeah. me money. How you smiling? You owe how money. How you fix here. your lips to? Yeah. How you fix your lips to open up like that and show all your teeth when you owe me money? <laughs> right. Right. Yes. Well, we're gonna take a quick break for some non-scam advertisements. We'll be right back with historic hoodwinks. Robbery. Back in the '90s, Pepsi and Coca-Cola were in a heated race to try and win loyal customers by any means necessary. But when Pepsi launched an ambitious promotion that encouraged people to buy Pepsi and redeem points for prizes. They overlooked their own fine print in a major way. On each episode of Wondery's podcast, The Big Flop, comedians join host Misha Brown to chronicle one of the biggest pop culture fails of all time and try to answer the age-old question, who thought this was a good idea? Like, who at Pepsi thought it would be a good idea to advertise that people could earn enough points to redeem a military jet as a prize? When they launched their Pepsi points system, 
They never imagined somebody might try to actually snag it. But a 23-year-old did, and suddenly, Pepsi owed him a jet. Follow the big flop wherever you get your podcasts. Ooh, do you feel that in the air? Yes, that is summertime. It's in the breeze. It's in the trees. And y'all know when the sky comes out, (laughs) the thighs come out. And as the weather gets hotter, it's time to say bye to jackets and sweaters and hey to shorts and tees. If you've been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, Quince is for you. Y'all know I love Quince. If you want to be looking chic year after year with classic pieces that you can dress up, dress down, wear around town, you got to get into Quince. They have premium European linen dresses. I have one in green and oh, when I wear it, it is a showstopper. Blouses, shorts from $30, y'all. Washable silk tops, which I told y'all I love those. I actually went back and got it in navy. I got it in the white, like cream. And I just know when I wear it, I'm going to feel like Diane Keaton on the beach thinking about my life. Like white cream, are you kidding me? It's giving rich, okay? Quince is that girl. Y'all know you see me in their pieces all the time. Get into it. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash goddess for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash goddess to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash goddess. And we're back. And it's time for Historic Hoodwinks, the my favorite part of the podcast, where I'm going to regale Ian with a famous group of con criminals. Maybe just one. Maybe we love them. Maybe we hate them. Maybe they're goofy. We'll see. I want to make a note up top here because we do not scam journalists. The story was researched primarily from David Brown's Rolling Stone article, Faking the Funk, How Bootsy Collins Imposters Pulled Off the Ultimate Music Biz Scam. So shout out to David Brown. Um, He will be in the footnotes if you want to click and read more. Uh, Get into it. So we're talking about Bootsy Collins. Bootsy Collins is one of the most impactful, long-standing figures in the tapestry of American music, especially R&B, funk, and pop. With his iconic look of star-shaped glasses, top hats, sparkling attire, Bootsy became a recognizable figure in the music industry, not just for his killer bass, but his signature style. However, impersonators use that to uh, their advantage because Bootsy wears hella clothes. Like, my guy looks like it's Halloween every day. So right. if you have a similar build, you could just put on all of Bootsy stuff and we wouldn't know if you were Bootsy, especially if it's white people trying to figure it out. Like, they can't tell us apart with no hats and glasses. Sure, for sure. Oh, <laughs> uh, um, And I actually worked with Bootsy Collins uh, once. He's a very fun dude, extremely tall. I mean, he looks fun. No guy, no guy dressing like this is not fun. <laughs> not fun as hell. Yeah. <laughs> He was wild, and I can't believe he was really getting down like that still, you know, in his older age, and I love that for him. Yeah. He was actually him and, oh gosh, who was the other guy that was on the show? It's not George Clinton, is it? Yeah, George Clinton. I'm going to spill a little tea. Did y'all know they was beefing? At least at the time that we shot this, they had we had to shoot them separately, even though they were in the same scene, because they was beefing. And I was like, not the old man beef. Like, come on now, it's y'all too old for this, y'all too grown. But we had to shoot things twice because they refused to be in the same room together. And I was like, ooh. But you'll never see that show. It's never coming out. <laughs> <laughs> but and that's not Boosie's fault. He was amazing. So was George. But also Snoop Dogg is Boosie Collins' nephew. Did you know that? Real nephew or like how Snoop yes, called everyone real, nephew? Not nephew. Yeah. <laughs> real blood related nephew. Blood related? <laughs> for real? Yes. 
long line of talented tall people. Yes, who love weed. Love that for them. That's what they pass down in their family. Sure. So we'll post pictures of Boosie's, but obviously he dresses very eccentrically and, you know, people could mimic that easily. So a little about Bootsy. William Earl Collins. There we go. A very black name. Love that. Grew up in Cincinnati. And he was given his famous nickname by his mother. Will grew up to join his brother, Phelps Catfish Collins Band, the Pacemakers, before eventually becoming the original member of James Brown and the JBs. Wow. So two years after their time with JB, him and his brother joined George Clinton Funkadelic, eventually becoming a part of the larger rotating members of the Parliament Funkadelic, which is P-Funk. And so we have a picture here of George. I mean, look at how all of them dress. This was like the original Afropunk, and I'm yeah. living. Yeah, I mean, it was, yeah. Like Afrofuturism. Yeah. And it was really dope to see. Like, they really innovated so much in the culture. Sure. So Bootsy played on every Parliament and Funkadelic record until the early 1980s, and his signature look evolved to make him not only one of the most recognizable members of P-Funk, but an icon in pop culture that echoes to this day. In 1976, Collins launched a new level of pop stardom when he was made the star of his own project, Bootsy's Rubber Band. They went from playing mid-sized theaters to 20,000-seat arenas, making $25,000 to $35,000 a night, which in today's inflation coin is about $125,000 to $150,000 today, a night. Imagine making that doing stand-up. I mean, you will. That's what I make. If you're not already. <laughs> That's what I make. If you're not already, I'm going to oust you. I'm going to see. And yeah, you try to chase down them coins from your friends. Yeah, I'm never going to get back those $25. <laughs> to be i want it to be as small as 25 dollars, and i want you to be that petty and i want that for you like bro you got an hbo max comedy special and you over here hunting down your homeboy for hey, 25 man, a deal is a deal a deal is a deal <laughs> that's that's why you're not getting it back he saw romantic it is, that comedy is why, on hbo yeah and he said uh-uh not mr hbo trying to get money yeah that that is why though that is i that actually is why <laughs> He said, not Mr. HBO looking for my coins. Yeah. You better call Wonder Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> he got you there. You successfully. I'm going to get my money. I'm, so I'm going to get my money. <laughs> I'll post about it, too. Follow me, because I'm going to get this money. <laughs> y'all follow Ian Laura. He going to get this money. He be wearing, he be <laughs> wearing like mad designer clothes. Like Next time I see him, I'm going to be like, yo, give me those Louis. I need that. <laughs> so you pay it's my money back. It's time to yeah. It's time to consign, my guy. Take it on down to the uh, to the what was that Buffalo Exchange? You better yeah. go on down there and get my money. Okay, I the next post I see, I'm gonna follow you. And the next post I see, it better be you holding up yeah. uh, twenty five dollars like a money phone. <laughs> I'm gonna get that I money. Need it. So the you know Boosie, he's booked, he's busy, he's making all this money, he's popping. We love this for him. So. As this is developing, you know, he's got this iconic look. He's putting out these albums. His 1978 album, Bootsy Player of the Year, came out. And he had on fake cardboard sunglasses on the inside cover for fans to cut out and wear. So in the album, he was like, y'all can look like me, girlies. Remember when albums had stuff yeah. in them? Yeah, yeah. It, used to, like, it was I'm an experience. Remember, I got a do-rag with a little Bow Wow album, a oh, white do-rag. Yeah. Oh, it was a bandana. It was an experience. <laughs> it was. And you were excited to purchase the album and then see what was inside and what yeah. extra, you know, feature and read all the lyrics and everything. It used to be an experience. Now you just stream it. Yeah, it's, which is a lot easier. It's I'll a little admit. soulless. <laughs> I will too, because going down to what yeah, was it? Yeah, that's a lot. Sam Gooday. Yeah, 
Sam Goody. Blockbuster, not Blockbuster. Yeah. Um, Fye, I think for your entertainment, cool. used to sell Fye. Album. Yeah. Uh, who else? They got that record store in LA that's like holding on as like a relic now. Uh, Columbia Records. Is it Capitol Records? Capitol Records. There yeah. we go. See, I'm trash. Yeah. <laughs> but you see, that's where you Best Buy. Yeah. You used to go to Be- Beyonce. Used to go into Best, Best Buy, Buy sign yeah. albums. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was a different time. And sometimes I'm nostalgic for that, but then also it's nice to just... Well, I mean, I'm not that old, so it was gone very soon. We was in the MP3 players very quickly. But now, I don't know, we're having the same problems. Like, you know, Ticketmaster is about to take a hit by the FTC because all the scammers have overrun the site. And I knew uh, one of my friends at work, she was in line for the Taylor Swift uh, concert tickets, but like in online line, and she was number 1600. And didn't get no tickets. How fast was it moving? <laughs> it wasn't moving very quickly. A lot of people who were real people did not get tickets. And then the bots were trying to sell them for like $34,000. It was scalpers, was right? Wild. Scalpers bought all of them, right? Yeah. Like the bots? Because people buy bots and they use the bots to buy up all the tickets and then they skyrocket the price. Yeah. But it used to be you had to sit out, in, well, I'm told, you sat out in the rain or, you know, you waited on the street corner at yeah. some place. But my, my thing is... Wh- why, can't they just make the tickets non-transferable? Then the bots got no... Then there's nothing they could do with them. Yeah, but for some reason, they've been enabling this ecosystem. I and mean, they win. Like, they have verified users. Yeah, they win, I guess, working. because the tickets sell out. So they're like, what do we care? We're making our yeah, money. that's true. That's very true. And then also, the person who's left holding the bag is the person with the bots. So... Hopefully they overcharge enough to make back their money and not need to sell the extra tickets. But if they don't, if for some reason people, if you if you a bot and you bought the baby tickets, I know you damn bad. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> imagine being a bot buying up the baby concert at uh, Smoothie King Arena. <laughs> it's like God damn. He 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 did Smoothie King. He did not do Smoothie King because Smoothie King said they he couldn't do it. He has such low ticket sales. They said, no, sir, we're canceling this. We're oh, not even, man. you yeah. haven't even afforded enough money for us to get security. We're not opening up the pressure shops oh, and nothing man. for you. I read some articles that, wasn't he giving it away like at an Applebee's or something? A Cheesecake Factory. He was trying to give away the tickets. And some people weren't taking them. <laughs> How do you, I mean. And he did two for one. He did BOGO tickets at one venue where it was like, if you buy one, get one free because he was trying to get a crowd there. And I was like, baby, this is what you get. This is what you get for misogyny and homophobia. You get BOGO tickets. Damn, that's unfortunate. Because he's actually very talented. He a little one note. I used to love the baby, but he a little one note. He doing that same song over and over, which is a scam. (laughs) It's all a scam. They all sound like, baby, oh, baby. And then it's like, do the crazy. And then it's how I rap. That's his flow, yeah. (laughs) But he can rap. (laughs) yeah, yeah. It's like everybody got one good karaoke song. He got that. He got that. <laughs> I appreciate you trying to give him some grace, but he don't deserve. I mean, I think I, I, I was like, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I think he's good. I still think he's good. It's just that's unfortunate though. Damn. I mean, the smoothie arena thing was crazy. It was sad, but yeah. hilarious. Imagine the scalpers. I just love that. to see people get their comeuppance. Okay, yeah, I feel bad for the scalpers. I feel bad for the scalpers. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is about to be a banger. <laughs> Imagine being a scalper standing outside and it's just nobody coming in the arena. They're like, did it get canceled? Yeah. I hate, I, I actually, I hate the scalpers. Well, because they're, it's like a, they're a scam. Because I learned this oh, from, like, from like the ticket, from ticketing things. What happens is once you start selling tickets, 
the scalpers come in. They're like, this is a hot ticket. So like, that's why you see like mm-hmm. an artist come out and they're like, the ticket sold out in 30 minutes. And it's like, that wasn't mm-hmm. people who bought it. It was bots that are going to resell it. So every mm-hmm. show just sells out with the bots thinking that they're going to resell it. Yeah, it's the middleman economy and it's killing us. It's the same thing with sneakers. Sneakers, like, hate it. StockX, hate it. Hate it. <laughs> like, I just want to buy the sneakers shoes, retail. Like the olden days. Yeah. Right. Why can't I go fist fight people in the Foot Locker like the good old days? I know, like, like a real American. <laughs> you know how we do? <laughs> yes. But so he was giving out these cardboard sunglasses and people were putting them on or whatever, you know, enjoying the experience. And it wasn't so hard to appear as him. As Collins himself wore platform boots in addition to iconic star glasses, a top hat, and glitter decked outfits. Because a lot of his outfits were like just the same version. You know how now the rap girlies all wear leotards? But it'll be like a different color or it'll have some sequins on it. But sure. it's basically the same outfit, but just like a different color. Mm-hmm. That's what Boosie was doing. Yeah. So it's very easy to mimic. Even George Clinton disguised himself, and he's in his band, to <laughs> look like Boosie Collins so he could hang out with a girl. Sure. What? Sure. I mean. That's messed up. How are you going to pretend to be your friend to go hang out with women? You tricking women and you tricking your friend. That ain't right. Well, back now, right. I mean, you could get, you'll get canceled for that now. But in the 70s, yeah. in the 70s, that was that's allowed. <laughs> violation of consent. I thought I was with Bootsy. Right now, like, that's like George? a pervert, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was then. People just were not talking about it. They're like, oh, man, I got got. Yeah, what are you going to do? Right. Thought it was Bootsy. So Collins found it funny at first and even put it on his song she jam which is from his 1979 album and quotes he said this is him said everyone they were almost bootsy decked out in their star-shaped shades little boys and little girls they were almost bootsy shining all over the place and actually i should have just let him sing it because that was trash what he say <laughs> I read the rest of it. Uh, as you can see, he sings it way better than I read it. <laughs> this would be futuristic now. And it, this was 1979. Like that type of music. Yes, it was. I mean, because they knew what they were doing. And also, like, all of our music now is just samples and interpolations. So mm-hmm. we're listening to the same song over and over. We just, like, yeah. now people are just rapping over it about how much money they have and, you know, how good their penis is. That's Which is nice sometimes when you're drinking on a Friday to hear. <laughs> It is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> I won't lie. I can't lie. I've danced to some real hood rat shit. Yeah, it's uh, fun. It's a good time. I'm like, it's a vibe. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, almost Bootsy number one. One day, Archie Ivy, one of Collins' early managers, received a call from headquarters of Collins' label, the Burbank office of Warner Brothers. The employee said that Collins was in the office asking for an advance on his next royalty check. It was odd because first his checks were not handled by Warner Brothers. They were handled by George Clinton's company. So he already asked him at the wrong place for the money, right? And second, because Collins was in Ohio. So they were like, Boosie's not even here and we don't even cut his checks, so what are you doing here? The employee stalled and left, and when he returned, the fake Bootsy uh, had disappeared, obviously. He was like, well, the jig is up. It didn't work. At the same time, there were also reports that someone in Cleveland was going around claiming to be Bootsy and trying to buy musical gear on a store charge account in his name. At the same time, real Bootsy was elsewhere in the country. So people all over the country are like, I'm Bootsy Collins. I'm Bootsy, like, will the real Bootsy Collins please stand up? 
So though the incidents were odd and a step from the previous impersonations, almost Bootsy number one just disappeared as quickly as he appeared without seeming to done much damage. So this was the fake Bootsy. He popped up at the record label and was like, I want my money. And they were like, who are you? Yeah. And he was like, never mind. Forget it. <laughs> don't pay me anything. Right. He's like, I'll figure it out. Yeah. Don't call the cops. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like speeds out. And I love that. Give up the grip. He tried it. It didn't work. Sure. He let it go. Yeah. Do it at the club, you know what I mean? Get some free bottle service, but yeah. you don't have to do it again. But the first one, the first fake appearance that he heard about, began to feel, like, bad to Bootsy Collins. He starts to feel the weight of, like, he has been walking around in this character for so long that he's like, damn, now people are just pretending to be me and it's working because I literally dress up in a costume every day. So being the leader for the land of the band for so long, coupled with illness, a motorcycle injury led him to take a reclusive semi-retirement at his 23 acre ranch in 1982. So he was like, I'm tired of putting on this drag every day. And now people are impersonating me. I've become a cartoon. I'm tired. I'm sick and tired. And he had a motorcycle accident. So he was like, I'm going to take a break. Understandable. In 1984, he slowly re-entered the business and began writing for new Prince-inspired act called Microwave. AKA R&B sing songwriter Michael Lane. So Michael Lane decided his stage name was going to be Microwave. And we got a little piece of Microwave. Play, just play a little bit of that. This looks like a Dave Chappelle sketch. It does. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, it really does. It looks like Prince playing basketball. Yeah, this looks, okay, like, a, this looks like a fake. <laughs> Not you being the designer of your time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that. So he starts writing for Microwave, and they're doing the synthesizer and all of that stuff. So by 1988, things were looking up again for Bootsy, and he released his first album since coming back, What's Bootsy Doing?, and met Patty, the woman who would become his wife. And we have a picture of Bootsy and Patty together. I like Bootsy and Patty. That sounds good together. That sounds like people who should be dating. All this is fascinating because all this happened, like we still haven't even, I'm still not even alive yet in this timeline. No, I'm not either. And I love that for us. Yeah. But also this looks like a fun ass time. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Bootsy has came and went through three different phases. I'm not even alive yet. Right. And then I ended up working with him. So I was like, look at the world. Yeah. Just, he out here. <laughs> so look at I love that Patty also was like, I'll get some interesting glasses as well to really look like I'm Bootsy's girl. Sure, because this is 88 and they're dressed, that's like 70s outfit or 60s, I guess. Yeah, yeah, they're a little, maybe, yeah, they're a little behind. I feel like it's time to to get, well, the 80s were a bad time for fashion. I think they were being like hipsters, like they were like, oh, we're the vintage, we dress vintage, you know? Yeah, but also in the 80s, everybody dressed like they were all cocaine, so I don't think anybody would have thought they stuck out. <laughs> Remember, that was like all the hairspray. That yeah. was like the sleeves just had to be past the top of your head. Yeah. Like, you know, everybody was wilding. So I feel like they fit in. <laughs> so Bootsy number two. Another almost Bootsy appeared. This time more brazen than ever. One day, Patty received a call asking if Bootsy had been in Los Angeles the day before when he was currently in Cincinnati. The call came from an upscale hotel where a man calling himself Bootsy Collins checked in and asked for free room and free room service. I love that when people perceive that you're rich, they'll give you things for free. But if they think that you don't have no money, they won't. But it's like, either way, the person's not paying. Like, don't you want your money? Yeah. No. No. Nope. You, you get so much free stuff. They, you don't even really have to be rich. You just have to have clout. Yeah. 
If you have clout, you get free stuff. Because like if you post it, then we'll get some of the clout. And, you know, if people know you were here, then... Yeah. And I don't think it ever works. I mean, sometimes <laughs> it does. Because you'll see like a restaurant or something that you've never heard of. And like, I remember working in restaurants in LA, like when I first moved here. And there were certain people who got completely free meals, like expensive ass meals, because they would get photographed leaving the restaurant. And then that would end up in the tablets. And then people would be like, well, that's boss popping. Let's go over there and pay yeah. our real money. So... Yeah. Sometimes it works, but I feel like for a hotel, like y'all just get your money. I mean, if you're that level, there's a, there's a, I think there's like a level of celebrity that, that works for, right? Like there's like certain, certain celebs. Yes, for sure. But you know, I ain't getting photographed coming out, no restaurant and people are going in. <laughs> I, I guarantee you that. <laughs> and I've gotten, I've, I've gotten the free like, meal. Let's stay away from that place. <laughs> Look, I've gotten the free meal and they think that it's going to help. And I'm like, listen, all right, I'll take the free meal. You want to get scammed? You're asking to get scammed. I'll scam you, but I, don't expect your clientele to turn over on me. <laughs> we, hey, hey, you saying that, but I, I don't believe that, Ian, okay? We all HBO, okay? Romantic comedy. I feel like the girls might start going to your the carryout you pick up at. <laughs> I literally had just, just earlier today, uh, to my this company sent me a full box of clothes. Like, it's like, I, like they said they wanted to yeah. send me a package, and I thought they would send me like a shirt or two. But it's full wardrobe. Like I'm gonna have to start handing this out, like at the take, like of clothes. clothes. And I'm like, shoes. all right. I mean, I'll post you in my story. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you'd be surprised. Yeah. So she, and I mean, you know, you know the vibe. So she received a similar call from a Las Vegas not long after, and in quotes they said, "We have to say, well, that's not Bootsy. It's an impersonator. But he'd already gotten his goods and done his damage." So the wife was like, "That's not my husband." But they were like, "Well, he gone." So. Y'all gonna pay us or who gonna pay the bill? Well, <laughs> not us. So it seems like you need to call your bank, hotel. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all need to hit the I don't even know Marco. who this is. <laughs> right. I would have hung up. Click. So during the spring, others continued to be fooled by Bootsy number two, and he worked his way to appearing at the New York Music Awards, an event also attended by musicians such as Lou Reed, Paul Simon, and LL Cool J, and fake Bootsy. <laughs> Bootsy number two. Bootsy number two improved on the scam. He's good. So Miles Davis, he's great. Miles Davis encountered almost Bootsy number two in the lobby of a hotel that they were staying at, where he managed to spend an entire ride with them from New York to DC. So now fake Bootsy, imagine getting in a car with fake Bootsy and you're Miles Davis. I feel like shouldn't you from New shouldn't, York to DC? Shouldn't you be able? I mean, that's a three-hour drive. Shouldn't like I feel like something must be said where you're like, what? He didn't say nothing that didn't right that didn't add up. That he was not Bootsy. <laughs> right, some he got to say something that don't add up. Like they got to be inside yeah. music stuff. They must have been real lit. I feel like every time Miles wanted to talk shop, Bootsy, Bootsy, fake Bootsy number two was like, turn, turn that song up. That's my favorite song. <laughs> right, right, right. Because I mean, it could be something. Like, down. I feel like if you asked him like, what type of guitar you use, he would be like, I, I got a beat. <laughs> I don't know. He's so much, y'all. Like, what's <laughs> happening? Yeah, I don't know how you make it three hours and don't realize you're with an imposter. So it starts to get weird when Adam Holtzman, who was a keyboard artist, this is a quote from him. He said, why aren't we going out to a proper dinner and then saying goodbye like normal? If you ran into one of your heroes, you'd hang out, but it wouldn't turn into a 24-7 thing. So his the, the real musicians and stars were like, it's getting weird because fake Bootsy number two, like, he's like, oh, where else y'all going? Y'all go back to the hotel? I'm gonna come with you. Oh, uh, y'all wanna go to dinner again? Let's get breakfast in the morning. I'll sleep on your couch. And they were like, this is not. 
Boosie just be saying what's up and going home. Yeah. Maybe we get dinner, but yeah. <laughs> Boosie usually Why just say trying to live in my basement. Yeah, he give me a head nod and go about his thing. He don't. He don't try to live with me. What's going on? He don't invite me to brunch. Right, Boosie number two is like, let me hold twenty five dollars. You know I'm Boosie. You know I'm good <laughs> like, for it. So soon after, almost Boosie began complaining about money, asking the bass player for a handout. Oh my gosh! And then disappeared. Exactly what we just said. Boosie number two was like, damn, times is hard for me. Boosie Collins, a millionaire, ten times over. Yeah, you got thirty dollars. <laughs> Right. Boosie, you're asking for small amounts of money. <laughs> he later made an appearance at the convention of the National Association of Music Merchants, the trade group institutes of stores and makers, where he tracked, he racked up limo bills and had $10,000 worth of guitars shipped to Louisiana. So he got them to drive him out to this event. He racked up limo bills. And he also said, can y'all send me some guitars to Louisiana? I'm Boosie Collins. Y'all know what I need. Y'all know me. <laughs> Y'all know me. <laughs> so Boosie Collins' manager, Bill Waller, ended up stuck with the invoices because he's like, yeah, send it all to my manager. You know him. Uh, uh, manager at Boosie... At BoosieCollins.com. <laughs> <laughs> he got me. I don't, I'm Boosie. I don't care cash. I'm too rich for that. Mm. So during all of these appearances, Boosie number two avoided playing an instrument at all costs, often changing the subject or walking away if it was brought up. Wow. So he had a guitar as a prop. And they're like, let's do a jam session. Mm, <laughs> he just nah. walks away. <laughs> he had to go to the bathroom. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Again. So the last straw was when fellow bassist Freddie Perez encountered Bootsy Number 2, whom he tried to offload some of his ill-gotten equipment on. So Bootsy Number 2 ran to someone really in the band and was like, you want these guitars that I had sent to Louisiana? Bandmate of mine? <laughs> Bootsy's manager, Bill, and his lawyer, Bob Donnelly, began to take legal action. They were finally able to get his phone number through a DJ at a club. And though many of the exact details have been lost at the time, in a sting operation involving Bootsy's team, Rolling Stone magazine, and allegedly the FB and the I, they were finally able to take almost Bootsy number two down. So then the magazine published a story of the exploits in the 80s and soon after, Doug Thickman received a call from a female college student in Boston saying that fake Bootsy number two was in her apartment. He told her to call the police, which she did. And it's unknown what happened to her. <laughs> oh no, what happened after Bootsy number two vanished into thin air. So we don't know what happened to him. He just, I think he just took the costume off and was like, okay, never mind. Honestly, never mind. And he got away with it for a long time though. You know what would be a real scam? If what? Bootsy Collins came out and was like, that was actually me. <laughs> Yo, there's no Bootsy number all two. The Bootsies, because there's a Bootsy number three, and this is quick. He's like, I've just been living my life like this. <laughs> but imagine if you impersonated yourself, and then anytime people, it's just like if you get a credit card and you go to the mall and you run it up, and then you call in a fraud report. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, it's honestly a pretty cool way to live. You just do whatever you want, and when it backfires, you're like, I don't know who that is. That guy's wilding. Wasn't me. This yeah. is the shaggy lifestyle. Right. Wasn't me. <laughs> right. <laughs> so. Bootsy number three. This is the last Bootsy we know of. So, though almost or though Bootsy number two disappeared, they didn't stop trying. In 1991, the Welsh guitar band The Alarm encountered Bootsy number three, trying to enlist them for a live aid type event to benefit the Gulf War veterans. However, not only did he not play bass, he raised suspicion when he tried to get the band to pay for his hotel expenses. Now, <laughs> this is The Alarm band. And the hair is alarming. It is alarming. 
It's giving the alarm. end of the 80s, 1991. It's literally giving alarm, like a like a siren that went off. Right. <laughs> and then just like a cartoon that yeah. hair just shot up in the air. Right. And I love that for them. And I love that he was like, y'all come to this benefit concert. I'm Bootsy number three. I mean, I'm Bootsy Collins. And also, can y'all pay for my hotel? <laughs> I'm Bootsy number three. <laughs> I mean, Bootsy Collins. So Bootsy number three was booted from the tour bus along with a pet wolf shouting. This is what Bootsy number three said. Why do you have a pet wolf, Bootsy number three? I'm, this is too much. Bootsy number three was shouting, you'll be here for my lawyers. You'll regret this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love your 80s voice. You're like, you'll regret this, you jive turkeys. You'll regret this, baby. <laughs> like, love that. I hope you shouted in Bootsy's voice. It was so iconic. So at 71, the real Bootsy Collins has moved beyond the legacy of all the fake Bootsies. He still writes and appears on records and is even preparing to create NFTs and Bootsy's Bitcoin. Now, Bootsy, now I'm starting to really think you might be all them fake Bootsies. You're doing NFTs. <laughs> Bootsy, those are a scam. Super scam. So, imperson- right. impersonators have moved on to social media where his wife, Patty, says they still fight those who illegally use his image. But in the age of almost, or the fake Bootsy's hitchhiking cross country, that's ended. But yeah, you can get on Instagram and because he, his fan base is in their 70s as well, you know, 60s, like, they don't know if they're talking to the real Bootsy. No. They don't, no idea. And now on Twitter, you can buy a verified check. So the, the old Twitter girlies are really not going to know if they're talking to the real Bootsy. Right. <laughs> right. You'll never know. Pay for my hotel, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. All right, guys. That brings us to the saddest part of the show, the end, where I have to let Ian go. But before we do that, just a quick scammer of the week. This is where we highlight a charlatan who's worthy of our praise, or maybe not. We'll see. This week, we're talking about Derek Patterson, 23, of Compton, California. Okay, Compton. He has been arrested for theft after stealing money from his grinder hookups. Damn. Okay, he do look fresh. Are those Burberry pants? Yeah, those look like Burberry. <laughs> I can't see what the belt is. Those definitely Burberry. Can we zoom in? I think they're Burberry adjacent. Herberry? Uh, blueberry? <laughs> Blur- Burberry little brother. <laughs> You know, blueberry fire. I don't I can't tell what that belt is. It's, it almost looks like it's a Gucci belt. You know uh, the girls love a Gucci belt or a oh, Hermes yeah. belt. It might be a Gucci belt. Oh yeah, I think that's two G's. You see the yeah. I think it's yeah, Gucci. Yeah. It's Which is kind of tacky. I mean, every- you putting Burberry on Gucci is tacky. I mean, if it's done right, I feel like if he was gonna do the like mix matching of patterns, then the shirt can't be white. Like the shirt also has to be a pattern that ties it. Like give us a Solange moment. But also every scammer owns a Gucci belt. I yeah. own a Gucci belt. And Burberry pants. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got to buy some Burberry pants. I don't yeah. have Burberry pants yet. But every scammer has to have a Gucci belt in their arsenal. It's just a part of the vibes. Yeah. That's what we do. So Patterson would meet up with men on Grinder, And while they were distracted, take the opportunity to borrow their phone and send cash to his account. Damn. So, however, during one incident in July 2021, Patterson's victim threatened him with a knife after he sent himself $3,950. That's bold. That's specific. Why not $4,000? Like, did he think maybe something goes off? Maybe you can only send a certain amount at once on cash. Oh, yeah. Maybe you could only send a certain, maybe $4,000 is the limit. Yeah, maybe he was getting right under that. Because I know on Zelle, they have limits for daily sending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think even Venmo. Yeah. So maybe he was like, I'm going to get right under. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. And then someone brandished a knife on him, old school style. 
So Patterson also used the victim's phone to pay for hotels and solicit money from victims' friends and family. Wow. And then he would plan to intercept it. So he would be like, send the money to Nevada. And then he was going to go to Nevada and get the money. Damn. In February 2022, Patterson again asked to borrow his victim's phone, but then chased him with a stun gun and demanded money. So now he's getting violent. He robbed the victim of jewelry and $120, as well as opened a line of credit with Goldman Sachs using their name. Now, Goldman Sachs has been tied up in a lot of fraud through the years. So... Not that bold to me. Right. Patterson was recently sentenced to nine years in prison in order to pay $84,195 in restitution, including a hate crime enhancement. He got nine so years? So he got nine years. Damn. Yes. Because Grinder is in a website for, mostly for gay men. Gay men, right. And so he's going on the site, and it's a hookup you know, app. And he's going there, he's taking their phones when they're not looking and sending himself money. And then he escalated it to like chasing people with stun guns and just straight up robbing them. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, Mr. Patterson, Derek, I don't fuck with this. Yeah, that doesn't seem like something a nice person would do. (laughs) No. And also Tinder on the male-to-male and gay-male side and and grinder. They face a lot of scams because the way that those apps are used, like people tend to like want to hook up faster. It's like a, it's not as slow of a burn. You know, some of those apps even like have the location, like how far away are you from this person mm-hmm. or whatever. So he's probably able to grift a few people a day because people just be ready to get their swerve on. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. And it's he not, was ready to get. Yeah, nine years. That's a <laughs> tough price to pay. Nine years is a lot. I think it was because of the armed robberies at the Yeah, end. when he got violent, that's when he went south. And he was targeting queer people. So that is yeah. a hate Now, is he, so, is, I wonder if he was also. I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't even seem like he was getting to the hookup. Yeah, I know. Seems like he would be like, oh, go, go freshen up and leave your phone. I need to make a call. <laughs> I need to make a phone call. <laughs> and like, how are you getting their phones? The whole point of those apps is like, you have to have a phone. Yeah. So how you get over here? Yeah. If you also, I, you asked to use my phone, I throw it out the window. Yeah, no. Yeah, I don't have service or minutes or anything. (laughs) Minutes. (laughs) My screen broke. We got to wait till after nine. I don't got any time. I don't don't have (laughs) nothing. To use any time. (laughs) It's it's not. That's a good one. I'd be like, you got a SIM card? Yeah, yeah, my phone don't got a SIM card. (laughs) (laughs) It's more for aesthetic. Yeah. I'm a plug. It's just a look. I got used to having something, so. (laughs) (laughs) So... We always ask on this show, Ian, where would you like to be found? Anything you want people to see? Any places that they can follow you? Drop your socials? Yeah, for sure. My uh, my um, HBO special is streaming on HBO Max. It's called uh, Romantic Comedy. Ian Lara, Romantic Comedy. Please check it out. I'm on Instagram, Ian Lara Live. Uh, and my website is ianlaralive.com. I'm going on a tour, back on tour at the beginning of next year. So... Uh, check me out there. Yes. And y'all get on Ian Lars' Instagram for sure because we got to see if he gets this money back. Okay? I'm going to get my money. <laughs> that reminded me. We I will gotta, be watching. I'm going to call my lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> we will be waiting in the shadows. I will for sure. And you're such a funny guy. Y'all catch him on tour. Catch this special romantic comedy. I'm living already. And thank you so much for being on the show. You were fantastic. Super funny. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. As always, guys, if you want to find me, D-I-V-A-L-A-C-I, D-I-V-A-L-A-C-I on all platforms. If you want to follow the show and see the photos, Scam Goddess Pod on Instagram and on Twitter. Uh, If you wanted to get into me and more of my mess, you know, 
Two seasons by Carly is streaming right now. The Lopez v. Lopez on NBC. Y'all get into that. I'm working on there. Congregation, stay bootsying. Damn goddess. This has been an Earwolf production in association with Team Coco. Scam Goddess stars and is hosted by me, Lacey Mosley, a.k.a. The Scam Goddess. Our producer is Judith Cargbo. Our recording engineer is Abby Aguilar. And our audio editor is Jesse Karen. Research for the show is done by Kaylin Brand. Stay scamming. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. They say plants like music. Yeah, no, like really, they, they respond to the vibrations of it, which means that this playlist you're listening to, the plants are too. You know what else plants like? Organic soil from miracle Grow. It's made with all the best stuff like wood fiber and compost. Plus, it's Omri certified organic, which officially means it's made with superior ingredients. And when you give your plants the stuff that makes them happy, they won't judge you on your iffy playlist. Hear that, plants? So go ahead and give them miracle Grow.